episode 580 with Dr. John Witcher. And um, introduce yourself, man. Okay, I'm uh, Dr. John Witcher. I have been practicing uh, medicine in Mississippi since 1996. I'm a general practitioner. I, um, I'm currently an ER doctor and uh, hospitalist at a rural hospital. I've basically been practicing in rural Mississippi since 1996 and um, born and raised in Mississippi. My father was uh, from Tupelo, Mississippi, mother from Yazoo City, and I grew up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and I've been in the Jackson area now for quite a number of years. Um, basically, been treating COVID since day one uh, in my little hospital in Yazoo City. We've um, I probably treated one of the first cases in Mississippi, and um, we've been been right in it since then. Um, we have uh, in the beginning, I started using hydroxychloroquine for our inpatients. Did that for um, some time until, of course, the uh, I guess President Trump when he came out and talked about hydroxychloroquine, then everything kind of shut down. Eventually, uh, my pharmacist at my hospital basically said, you know, we, we don't need to be using hydroxychloroquine for inpatients. I said, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and use it some more. I, I feel like it was, you know, certainly not harming folks and, and, and probably doing some good. Uh, but then the, a company I work for, which I, I contract through to the hospital, I'm not a hospital employee, but the company is a very large company, 70,000 providers across 48 states. And they sent out a memo and basically just said, look, you know, um, based on the, I guess, the Lancet study that came out that turned out to be bogus, um, you know, they said not to use hydroxychloroquine. So that's kind of it. Uh, and so we stopped using it and switched over to remdesivir almost immediately. So all of our inpatients, uh, and I've treated probably in, in the hundreds, certainly in, in our little hospital. We don't have an ICU unit. Uh, we don't intubate patients. If they get to that point where they need to be intubated, we transfer them. Um, they're, they're, I have treated quite a few that's come to the ER and we've transferred them directly out of the ER to a, to a high level of care to uh, pretty pretty much patients that need an ICU or, or possibly intubation. Um, treat a lot of patients as outpatients come into the ER. You know, all ERs, probably 80% of patients that come to the ER are actually clinic patients, and that's probably nationwide. So we've, we've uh, treated a lot of patients that just come in and turn out to be positive for COVID and treat them as an outpatient. Um, so treated hundreds, probably thousands of COVID patients over the last year. And uh, so very familiar with the situation. Um, you know, I haven't gotten COVID. You know, I feel like I have natural immunity to it. And I've been face-to-face -face with COVID, even, even the Delta variant, and haven't gotten COVID. So, and that's like many folks I work with, you know, other doctors, nurses, healthcare workers. Um, some of them got the COVID and, um, you know, and a couple of them, actually had to go in the hospital and we treated them and uh, everybody recovered. And, um, you know, we just, some people took the vaccine, you know, early on. And, um, and then now that it's been mandated, and that's kind of where, you know, even, even people at my hospital that had taken the vaccine voluntarily, they're, they're not agreeable with the mandate. So really across the board, it's about a 50, 50 split in our hospital, uh, people for the vaccine versus against. Um, and I think that's pretty much statewide, you know, from, uh, different doctors I've talked to around the state. Um, so, you know, you have to ask yourself, 
why, you know, these people that have been face to face with COVID, why, why aren't they getting vaccinated? You know, I mean, what, what, what's the problem there? I mean, if anybody should be vaccinated or feel like they need to be vaccinated, it would be the people on the front line, the doctors, the nurses, and, and that sort of thing. So, so anyway, the, uh, you know, we just feel, I mean, we, we've seen it or we've had it. You know, we've seen a lot of people with it. I mean, it's, it, it is real. Uh, it appears to be real. We, we don't know all the details with it, but, um, you know, people do get sick from it. I don't want, you know, uh, and people have died from, from COVID or, or with COVID from complications. So I uh, don't want to make light of it. I mean, I've uh, just had a real, very good friend of mine. Uh, he passed away and uh, you know, I don't know the full extent of it. He was, he was vaccinated at the first shot. And then um, very quickly, he developed respiratory distress. He, he, he it, I mean, this is what, what we think. He may have been ex- exposed to the virus immediately after he, he received the shot and um, developed a, a severe respiratory distress, went to the ER, admitted to the hospital. Within a day or two, he's in the ICU intubated, stayed on the vent uh, for three or so weeks, developed multi-organ failure and uh, and passed away. So, it, so you know, we, we don't take it lightly, but, you know, we don't... Um, you know, the vaccines, we feel like have, they're associated with them. Our state health officer, Dr. Dobbs, and his colleagues continue to uh, push these vaccines and, and never give any risk associated with them. So, um, so that's really, you know, that's how I got started in, in this and in that, you know, um, like I said, I've been, been involved with it since day one. The mask mandates came out, the isolation, and you know, I just, at first I was kind of, well, this, you know, this too shall pass. I mean, this it can't last forever. And, um, but as it's gone along, uh, you know, um, I guess when the vaccine mandates actually hit my hospital and by October 31st, we're all to be vaccinated or lose our jobs. And so that's when I, you know, really, really started getting concerned with it. And so, um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, there's, you know, it, it, there's some things that kind of poison the well, right? It's people that are like, COVID isn't even real. It's all a hoax or, you know, vaccines depopulation. And it's like, shut up. It's, to me, it's, you know, the vast majority of people I know have the vaccine. Most of my family and extended family has the vaccine. And as you and I said on the phone last week, hey, more power to you. Go for it. If you want it, go get it. Knock your socks off. I don't care. Who am I to say it's right or wrong? I'm not a doctor. No, I don't know the long-term side effects. Spoiler alert, nobody does. But, you know, it's, to me, I, I look at it like this. It's, if you want to go get it, go get it. Is it perfect? Not at all. And not even in some conspiratorial, a million people are dead. No, it's just, you know, it was rushed. It's what it is. But I also get nothing's perfect, right? I mean, there are a lot of civilian deaths in the bombing campaigns in World War II. But, what, were we going to go survey every city and ask everyone? No, it's World War II. You're fighting Hitler in Japan. You, you're just taking out cities. It's terrible, but it's, also, it's what it is. So I get, although there are 15,000-plus deaths reported in the VAERS system, and although that is atrocious, you know, I'm also not, not going to be idyllic and say, you know, it should be zero. No, it's a pandemic. I get it. I'll, I'll concede that. It's a pandemic. When there are generic studied drugs 
ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, zinc, colchicine, vitamin D, zinc, turmeric, quercetin, being touted by Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, Dr. Fareed, Dr. Saeed, Dr. Hodkinson, uh, Dr. Alexander, Dr. Tenenbaum, all Dr. Uh, Nass, all these people I've interviewed. And not only that, but they are going to Rome to testify before the Italian Senate, Dr. Hatfell. And when Dr. Fareed and Dr. Tyson have treated over 9,000 people, 9,000 patients of all ages and of all comorbidities with a 99.9% survival rate in the Imperial Valley of California, and they've treated them effectively. So the, the whole point of this kind of rambling soliloquy is, because aside from the fact that I love the sound of my own voice, is that there are things that have been proven to work. And that's not, we don't need to do this this left-right trench warfare. I'm vaccine, I'm ivermectin. It doesn't need to be that. Some, the vaccine's for you, go get it, knock your socks off, who cares? Some people, ivermectin works, go for it. I'm all for all of it. The fact, I'm not trying to tell anyone you can't get the vaccine or you shouldn't get the vaccine. The idea that you're not allowed to talk about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, that you can't use it, that it's quack science. To me, that is, it's one thing to be like a competitive uh, capitalist, right? And it's Moderna versus Pfizer and, you know, you're going at each other's throats. I mean, yeah, sure, I get it. It's corporations, bottom line, whatever. It's a whole nother thing when you're completely blocking out the use of these generic medications. We're moving into uh, a crime against humanity. But lastly, it's you can't mandate something that 15,000 people have died from, especially, and this is what I'm getting to, with pregnant women. You can't, you cannot do that. And that's what you and I talked about on the phone, where these, there are these women who, I mean, is that not in the Nuremberg Code, coercion? And we're talking about women right now who are on government assistance, they need it, and they're terrified you're trying to get between mama bear and her and her yet born yet to be born child and saying you need this and there's proof that the babies are dying from whatever spike protein toxicity that to me is exceptionally demonic especially when you know this can kill you know that there is a coordinated censorship campaign the trusted news initiative you know that they're making record-breaking profits. Moderna has doubled in market cap. Pfizer has posted for the third straight quarter their most profitable quarter in company history. Again, hey, I'm a capitalist. Go for it. And then there are these proven medications, right? The largest state in India two weeks ago said that their state with 246 million people had zero COVID cases after they started using their little packets of hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, the pulse oximeter, some aspirin, and it came with like an N95. When that is available, and so it's one thing, when you're suppressing something that is generic and studied and safe, and you are mandating something that I think you should be free to get, but does have 15,000 deaths reported in the VAR system, I mean, this, this seems to be a, a crime against humanity. This seems to be a direct violation of human rights. And they're mandating these women, your, your, uh, your patients, who are terrified of losing their, their government-assisted health care, but they're also terrified of taking this vaccine, which might kill their child. And it's, I mean, 
you have to stand up for what's right. And it's very easy for me to say, I don't have a family. I'm not a doctor like yourself and I'm not threatened with losing my job. But I mean, if there's ever been a righteous fight, what, what other fight is there? And it's, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on it? What are the updates with your patients, with the, your pregnant patients? Yeah, I mean, we're concerned, you know, this uh, memo that Dr. Dobbs sent out on the uh, September the 9th, uh, he, it was a standing order uh, throughout the state of Mississippi for pregnant women and nursing mothers to get vaccinated. And in his rationale, he said that uh, COVID-19 vaccines are safe during pregnancy and lactation. That's all he put in there. I mean, he never talked about any risk. And, uh, and we know, I mean, from studies, reports, that uh, there's been fetal demise from pregnant women taking the vaccinations. There's been um, reported deaths in children that have been breastfeeding from mothers who, who've been vaccinated. So these are uh, concerns. And so, you know, we just want, uh, if, if Dr. Dobbs is going to uh, mandate something on this order, he, he needs to at least provide information of risk, you know, and, and allow the patients to have a choice. Um, you know, and, and, and go to their, their OBGYN or their primary care doctor and, and, and be able to discuss this with them, uh, you know, let the doctor discuss the risk with the patients uh, and let them ultimately have the decision and then and not let them, you know, no discrimination against them. That, that's really all we're asking as doctors. You know, like I said, I, I've started this group about, uh, been, I guess we're going on our fourth week. It's, it's Mississippi against mandates, MS against mandates. And, you know, when my wife and I started it, you know, we um, actually the way it kind of started was, uh, you know, American Frontline Doctors. I, uh, I connected with them last year when, you know, they came when Dr. Simone Gold came and her, all her, uh, the videos went viral of her and the doctors on the steps of the Senate. And so I, I've been following them and, um, you know, and so anyway, I reached out and, and Dr. Brian Atkinson out of Texas called me and um, kind of got me connected to one other doctor here in Mississippi that was, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> also felt the way I did. So I reached out to him, Dr. Cameron Huxford out of Starkville, and he is a pulmonologist, critical care doctor. He's been taking care of these COVID patients, uh, you know, uh, in, in the critical care condition. And so, you know, me and him got together and then we just started reaching out to other doctors. And uh, Dr. Jeff Howard, who's an international radiologist in Tupelo, he came on board and we started talking and, and he started talking about the uh, something I was seeing, you know, he, he was seeing strokes in, in young, uh, healthy patients that sh should not be having strokes, um, blood clots, uh, neurological problems. You know, I saw a patient that had Gillian Brace syndrome, and, uh, I, you know, she came into my ER, and she couldn't stand up. Her spouse was basically holding her up. She certainly couldn't take a step. And, you know, I asked her what was going on. She was there to because uh, she said she just keeps getting weaker. She's got an appointment with her neurologist, but uh, she couldn't wait. And so I asked her, you know, basically what was going on. She said, well, I took the, uh, took the vaccine in January and immediately started having weakness and it's progressed to the point now where I can't stand without assistance. So she already knew she'd been vaccine injured. I mean, she's already went to a, a local neurologist and, and discussed it with them. And, and that's what the neurologist has told her that, you know, she's developed Gillian Beret from, from these vaccines. And, and we know that's a risk factor that is listed on the CDC uh, 
website. So, you know, thing and myocarditis in young men, I mean, that's listed. So we, we're just asking Dr. Dobbs and his colleagues here in our state to acknowledge those things. You know, don't don't present to the public that uh, these vaccines are safe and without risk because uh, we just know that's not the case. Like you, you mentioned the bears. I mean, there's over 15,000 reported deaths. I mean, and some people say that's way, way underestimated. Some people are saying it should, should be more like 150,000. So we don't know exactly, but it appears that there's at least the risk of dying from, from these vaccines. So we, we want the public to know that. We want our patients to know that. Um, you know, over 700,000 reported adverse events. And, and this is serious because, you know, the VAERS has been in existence since 1990. Mm-hmm. They've been these these vaccine uh, adverse events for a long time. I'll and if you go back last decade... I'm going to pull it up right now. Sorry, yeah, keep just going. Last decade, I mean, there's like uh, about 40,000 reported events each year. Okay. This year alone, we're over 700,000. I mean, you know, and, and we're just going to blow this off as bogus reports. And, you know, it's uh, so, no, I, I think, yeah, yeah, you can see the spike. Yeah, see there? It's, it's, it's so, I mean, oh, you know, this is serious. I mean, we need to be talking about this. Uh, you know, papers and studies back, the, back these uh, events up. I mean, you know, they're people all over the world are, are talking about adverse events. Um, you know, you can look to Israel and see that, I mean, it would, over 80% of their people have been vaccinated. And I just saw a report uh, uh, yesterday that, I mean, the people that are getting vaccinated appear to be the ones that are, are, are worse off and dying. So, um, so that's that's where we're at. We're just uh, at this point we have ten. We have about twenty doctors. So like I said, we started this about uh, over three weeks ago, and we have ten about twenty doctors with us. Ten of them are willing to go public. So we have ten of them up on our billboard, and uh, and they're uh, speaking out. The other ten are, are, you know, they're they're in the in the background. You know that I mean to be honest with you, they're just fearful. They're you know they have to their practices they have to keep their licenses and so they're you know they they support us 100 they don't believe in these uh these uh COVID vaccine mandates they don't think they're um i mean they just don't think it's right you know it's, you've got to uh, we believe that patient has a choice and they need to make that choice based on what the risks are to them so um <clears throat> so that's kind of you know we're just excited that um you know we're able to get involved doing this we have Dr. Peter McCulloch, that's how that's how I found about out about you, which I've I've seen you a couple of times. Uh, my wife, she she's uh she scans uh, all the podcasts and whatnot. But uh, Dr. Peter McCulloch, you know he he said, John, yeah, you know here, be on, you need to go uh, get on Tommy's show. You know, I understand you, that yeah, the video you did with him got you kicked off YouTube. Uh, is that right? Permanently. Permanently. Permanent, oh, permanent ban, and. <laughs> You know, I've had on I've had on Delta Force guys, you know, talking about you know if someone you know comes in your house, shoot them in the face, you know, much more lethal stuff. Uh, I've had on Israeli special forces guys talking about blowing up members of Taliban. I mean, gory stuff. I've had on nuclear submariners, pilots of nuclear bombers. You know, classified, not classified. The thing that got me kicked off was Doctor McCullough saying. 
you know, in his sweetest voice, you know, there are four vitamins that, you know, that really people should be taking. It's, it's quercetin, vitamin D, it's uh, zinc, and it's uh, turmeric. And Tom, you can get these at Walmart, $7, you know, and he just has the sweetest aura. And uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, that sounds good. And, uh, you know, of all the episodes he and I had done where we were railing against the vaccine, that was really the only episode in which we weren't even going that hard against it. He was like, if you're going to get it, go get it. You know, you're going to do you. You're you're an adult. You're going to do you. I advise people do this. And I said to everyone listening, I know I have older listeners. I The vast majority of the people listening to my podcast are 30 to 60. I thought it would be younger. And then I also have frequent guests. I also have frequent guests who are a lot older than me. And, you know, I was like, hey, for all you guys, and I mentioned some of them, I was like, I don't want you guys dying on me. I, I need my weekly content. And, uh, you know, and so I texted out. That's how I found out I got banned. Is one of the guys I have on every week. He's an author. He's, and he's a, one of my close friends now, Roger Williams. He's about 30 years older than me. He's got a heart problem. And I text and Roger's super pro vaccine. He and I are on opposite sides of the political aisle. And I texted him the video. I was like, hey, Roger, I know you got the vaccine. Go for it. I know we disagree on this stuff, but I was like, I love you. Can you go get these like four, four things from Walmart? And, uh, he was like, Hey, I appreciate the heads up, Tommy. And yeah, I will. And then he goes, which, which four things? And I was like, they're in the video. And he goes, links, links broken. And what do you mean the links broken? And I went and looked at the video and I thought I was just going to say, you know, this has been suspended because I'd been suspended five times before. The account associated with this video has been terminated for violating terms of service. And YouTube said when they suspend me, they say it's for medical misinformation directly violating or directly contradicting the World Health Organization. When they ban me, they said it's because I am making YouTube a dangerous place for other users. So to me, you know, I was was watching this. I don't know if you saw these. I know we're going off on a tangent now. I saw these two videos of these uh, NBA players yesterday. And one of them was saying, he was like, you know, I have natural immunity. I had COVID. And he goes, the craziest thing, though, is he goes, whenever someone questions COVID and people attack them and jump down their throat, the last thing you're doing is convincing them to get this. And it's nothing will. Someone tells me, Tommy, I want the vaccine. All right, go for it, dude. Hats off. Hope it works out. Hope I'm wrong. When you tell someone you don't want the vaccine, it's, oh, you retard. Where'd you go to medical school? Are you a physiologist? Oh, did you study at Harvard? And you're like, dude, I just want to look into it. Oh, so you're a researcher now. And it's, when has it ever been bad? What do you do? Are you a nutritionist? I'm not. But when I go to Walmart, I look at the back and I go, that's a lot of calories. My love handles are big enough as it is. I don't need those. That's fine. I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, Amazing how you know that Christ is a you know it's, it's that that's the seems to be the big word science you know look at the science trust the science so yeah trust the science and so yeah Dr Dobbs is uh, you know he's been he's been the the uh, science guy in Mississippi and of course he's <clears throat> you know he's he called uh, Mississippians let's see what, what was it what he called us excuse monkeys and anti science Nazis. And so, um, you know, he was he was called on video saying that. And, of course, he came out with an apology, said that he's just been real frustrated and very, um, how do you word, frustrated and depressed over this whole coat. He just, you know, he just doesn't want people to die. And then, you know, right after that, he turned, he said, look, all y'all people are just delusional. 
if you don't want to take this vaccine. He said, if we want to stop these deaths and COVID, just get vaccinated. And so, I mean, it's like, okay, well, I mean, I appreciate that, you know, trying to apologize, but then you turn around and in the same breath call, call us delusional. So, you know, I mean, you know, we went from excuse monkeys and anti-science Nazis to delusional. So that's kind of where it's at. You know, we're, we feel, um, you know, I mean, we, like I said, we, I've got 20 doctors that they're, you know, I'm, I'm not the smartest doctor. You know, I'm just a rural general practice ER doctor, but, you know, I've got interventional radiologists, pulmonologists, critical care doctors, um, you know, uh, and, and they're, we're all seeing, we're saying the same thing. Look, you know, I mean, let's, uh, let's just be realistic here. You know, we don't know what all the risks are, but we know there's some risk and it looks like there's some deaths. And so we, we just want, um, we just want to say stop. You know, we've pleaded with our governor. And that was when I first got started, I made a video and I put up a billboard. The video was just a plea to the governor to say, listen, listen please, you know, uh, you can <clears throat> you can stop these mandates very easily. You can call a special session of our legislators. They come together and within a few hours, they can have a law uh, that the governor can stop the, to stop the mandate. And, uh, and so that's what we asked for. And that was, you know, because the hospitals, I mean, we need employees. We're, 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 I mean, a lot of our beds can't be open because uh, we don't have any beds it's because we don't have any nurses that take care of patients in, in those beds. So we have to close beds down. And so anyway, he, you know, the governor brought in uh, outside nurses from, from out of state uh, through a government program. And they came in making two, three, four times as much as our regular nurses and, and our, our regular nurses had to train them. So, you know, they were a little upset over that. And so, you know, my whole point was, Hey governor, I mean, we, we have the workers right here. Let's, let's, um, let's not fire them if they don't get um, vaccinated, you know, let's start there. So, well, we're still hoping that's going to happen. You know, we have some legislators that are uh, on our side, trying to push the governor to call that special session. Um, like, like some of our other guys, you know, Abbott, he's he's taking care of that. Um, our neighbor in the state of Alabama, they're doing a pretty good job on, on top of these mandates. So, uh, and, and, you know, our, our Governor Reeves has gone national. He, he was on uh, CNN, Jake Tapper, and he's he's pushing back against Biden. You know, he's saying he's, he's going to actually sue, sue Biden with some other uh, uh, Republican governors. And I think that, but right here, you know, he, he's uh, he's on the same page as, as Biden and the CDC. And, he, you know, we uh, well, you know, we've got to stop him from, from pushing these mandates. You know, it's pregnant women and nursing mothers today. But um, <clears throat> I watched a Zoom call with guys and they're pushing down to age five to be vaccinated. Jeez. That's going to be coming out. But then, uh, you know, certainly, I mean, Dr. Byer said, uh, you know, well, it, it should be in the next couple months by the, in the fall, but certainly by January, he said. So that's what we're looking at. You know, and in Mississippi, you know, these mass mandates, uh, a lot of the mothers have to, had that overturned in our, in our local schools uh, because they just went forward and, you know, testified and said, look, masks don't work. They're actually harmful, uh, dangerous to children. And so... Um, like I said, a lot of the state um, 
boards, uh, educational boards, overturned the mass mandate. So I don't know what's going to happen when they start wanting their little children all the way down to five to be vaccinated before they can go to school. But I, I, I think it's, um, you know, it's not going to go well. Um, <clears throat> I just muted myself. Sometimes I find when uh, I'm talking to every once in a while, I haven't figured out why I'll get like audio feed. Not important. So if you're wondering why I muted myself. But, you know, it's it, it's it, if we really want to make some, you know, and I hate these analogies, but, you know, if to, to be a true child, he started it. If he's calling you anti-science Nazis, you know what the Nazis did? You know what the communists do? You create the revolutionaries and the revolutionaries overthrow the status quo and put you in power. After they have shown that they can do that, you now know that they are the most competent people in your society. So what's the first thing the dictator does is you kill all the revolutionaries and now you just have the lay people. You don't want the guys that can overthrow the power, right? It's for, uh, for if, if this was the United States, then after World War II, uh, you know, we would have killed all the generals. Like that's an analogy, which we didn't, I don't know, patent. But what the commu- or the Nazis did is they use, and I could be getting you switched up, but right, he used the SA to come to power. And then the Night of the Long Knives had the SS kill the SA. You got to get right. I mean, what's a, what's a lion do? What's an ape do? You know, the next one coming up in line, you know, they're taking the throne. So you might be thinking that's an absurd analogy. Well, if we're going to call healthcare workers heroes to establish this sort of tyrannical system and then nix them all, Hey, man, if anyone's an anti-science Nazi, I'm, I'm sorry, it's that guy. I just had to get that out of the way. But it's, you know, the only thing, and I've been saying this a lot lately, and I, and I hate it because it's so, it's such an eye-rolling cliche. You know, early bird gets the worm. A penny errand is a penny. It, it, they, they don't really mean anything because we've heard them so many times. But truly, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. And what you're doing right now what you and those other physicians are doing, and even the 10 guys that are in the background. I get it. You're scared. You have to be the change you want to see in the world. It always starts with just some people. I mean, Dr. Malone was was unpersoned on LinkedIn, right? But now he's gone from like 10,000 followers on Twitter. When he did my podcast, he was like, it's crazy. I'm up to 80. That was two months ago. He's up to like 500 now. People want the truth. People don't being people don't like being lied to. And the average person is a lot smarter than we think, a lot smarter than I think, and I'm guilty of that. People know when they're having a fast one pulled on them. And they also know that you do, you do not want anyone else, and this is the main thing, you do not want anyone else to know that they are not alone. And I always point to this, it's the psychological experiment they did back in the 60s, the 70s, where they brought 10 people into a room, they went up on a whiteboard, and they drew a straight line with a marker, and they drew one that was slightly, but obviously, curved. And they said, which one is more straight? And the first nine guys all said, the one on the right, the one with the curve. The 10th guy said, yeah, the one on the right. What the 10th guy didn't know was that the first nine guys were in on the study. It was a psychological study to see what did group think do to an individual. Now, if you put all those people by themselves in rooms and said, which one do you think is straight? They all said the left one. But when you made that 10th guy feel like he was going crazy or just wanted to be accepted, he said the one on the right. So why am I bringing that shit up? Excuse me. It's because when you're in a pandemic and everything is, well, now we're opening up. But when you can only exist on your phone and you don't see anyone around you, you're right. You know, I'm on my phone and I'm on a comment thread and there's 10,000 commenters, but it's just me alone in my room with a phone. If I say I'm not comfortable with these vaccines, 
I don't get to see 10,000 people going, me neither. Those comments get censored, they get deleted, they get shadow banned, and then you have a bunch of bots that go, what are you talking about, you anti-science Nazi? So it's this entire mindset of they don't want you to know that you're not alone. And the only way to let people know they're not alone is to hold up a middle finger and speak your mind. And that doesn't mean, you know, you can't go all the way the other way. You can't say if you take the vaccine, you're a Nazi. That's just as bad. But what you have to do is you have to stand up, you have to talk about it, and you got to go, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And unfortunately, doctors, it, it's, you know, I hate to shirk responsibility. It is, it's... No one can speak with more authority than an individual with a white coat. I can sit here and say, vaccines are bad. Well, you know, I'm also wearing sweatpants that have dollar bills on them, you know, and I'm wearing slippers. What you know, I'm not a doctor, right? But you have to talk up, and that's what you're doing. I got kicked off YouTube, which, by the way, this podcast is my is my income, is, the re, is my ability to pay bills. So that wasn't, you know, that wasn't like a slight, eh, whatever, I'll go... That nicks 99% of my viewership, all right? So I'm practicing what I preach. We have to keep talking about it, and we have to let it be known that it's not right. It's not right. Aside from the VAERS data, aside from ivermectin, aside from... It's not right. We have the Nuremberg Code because there is coercion. You cannot be made to do something. Do you know that part of the Nuremberg Code is if, if you go to be part of a medical trial and they say you get a $100 voucher if you go through with it, if you quit halfway through... They can't, they still have to give you the $100 voucher because part of it is, is you cannot be coerced by rescinding a paycheck to be a part of a medical study. And I know I'm kind of going in circles right now, but what we have to do is just have to keep speaking up. And unfortunately, an, a disproportional amount of the obligation does fall on physicians such as yourself because you have that snazzy white coat and you got to talk up because you can speak with authority. It's why I interview physicians instead of me wearing tinfoil hat. You're nodding, you're being very patient, and you're probably thinking this guy's insane, but... Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I mean, we're being silenced. You know, you uh, the Mississippi State Board of Medical Licensure, you know, they came out with a policy on September the... Uh, it was the 7th. Just after I put up put up my billboard in town, which my billboard was just simply a saying, stand up for medical freedom. Okay. And it had a stop sign. That's our little logo, stop vaccine mandates. And so, um, and of course I did the video and put it up on my Facebook page. And, and so from that, you know, uh, the medical board quickly put in a new policy and they based it on the Federation of, of uh, state medical boards, which they had came out several weeks before just to say that, you know, and all these people are lining up. I mean, we're talking, it starts with, with the AMA, you know, the AMA, American Medical Association, you know, they're the big group. And then, of course, all the board certifications, the way doctors are board certified, all lies up under the American Medical Association. Okay. And so, and then all medical schools, all of our public medical schools in the state, which we have um, one big medical school here in the state, which is right here in Jackson, they're all fall under that umbrella. You know, you, you don't, when you apply to medical school or you apply to residency or you apply to get board certified, it all falls under the American Medical Association's umbrella. So they carry a tremendous amount of weight. Tremendous. I mean, there, I mean, there's really nobody that competes with them. Okay. So, but now the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, if anybody competes with them, it would be that group. They're much smaller. Um, you know, I basically, you know, uh, 
my Mississippi State Medical Association has always uh, promoted the American Medical Association. Okay, kind of uh, several years back, we used, when we paid our dues, and we, we, we basically signed up with the state and with the American Medical Association. A lot of us stopped paying the American Medical Association dues and uh, because they just kept getting so liberal. And so, um, but now I've, I've stopped, you know, I'm going to no longer be a part of the Mississippi State Medical Association because they, they have now just totally, um, you know, I mean, they, the, the president of that board went with, with Dr. Dobbs and pretty much said all the, I think he said 5,000 doctors in Mississippi uh, that agree with Dr. Dobbs that, you know, these vaccines are safe and effective and they should be mandated. And he never asked us our opinions. You know, so um, so that's you know I I joined the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons just recently, and I feel like they they are much more um, uh, they have common sense when it comes to these uh, these with the COVID crisis. For example, they did a study and it showed that uh, it was about fifty fifty across the nation across the you know the claims that ninety eight percent of doctors are vaccinated. Well. I don't see that. I think it's more like 50%. And when the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons did, did their survey, that's what they got, about 50-50. So, um, so that, you know, they're just using common sense, just like, you know, Dr. Peter McCulloch. I mean, he, to, to me, I mean, he's an extremely uh, intelligent doctor, well-researched. I mean, he's got 46 papers just on, on COVID alone in the last year and a half. I mean, over 600 peer-reviewed uh, publications. I mean, he's a he has a master's in public health. He's, he's had epidemiologist training. I mean, he's a cardiology renal guy. He, he just all in all, and you know, his common sense approach to this is uh, early treatment of COVID with multi-drug therapy to, to keep people out of the ERs, out of the ICUs, and off the ventilator makes perfectly good sense. And so, um, so you know, that's just you know we're. We're being silenced, bottom line. I mean, when the our state medical board put in, a, drafted a whole new policy on September the uh, 7th that just said any doctor that um, gives out misinformation or disinformation to the public regarding COVID vaccines runs the risk of basically losing their license, okay? So this was just put out on the 7th this month. And so, um, of course, you know, we... Uh, one of my one of our doctors that have come on board, Dr. Wesley Granger, and, and uh, I like for him to come on here with you and talk with you if if you if you get time. But he's a wonderful gentleman. He's uh, he's been in practice for 32 years right here in Jackson, Mississippi. He is um, African American physician, internal medicine doctor, and um, you know he he hasn't taken the vaccine, and he, he's a uh, you know he's trying to uh, talk to his patients about the risk, but you know, many of these patients just go down to their local Walmart or to a, a station where they're giving out these shots, and, and nobody ever talks to them about risk. You know, they don't they don't give them the information. They just say, you know, what, what arm do you want the shot in? And so, you know, that's just not appropriate. But but in, Dr. Granger, he, uh, he was on Stu Peters last week, and uh, he did a fabulous job. And so we're thankful for for him and and, and all of our doctors, but. Uh, you know we're we are being threatened here in the state of Mississippi, and um, you know, and and we just um, you know we we just want to get the truth out, what we believe to be the truth, 
Uh, we don't know absolutes, you know, as far as uh, the risk of these vaccines, but we certainly know there are risks and it appears to be deaths. So, um, so yeah, so we're, you know, informed consent. That, that's what we want our, we want our government to say, stop these vaccine mandates across the board. Okay. Let's start with hospitals and then in all industries, you know, we have some very large industries here in Mississippi. We have Eagle ship building. We have uh, energy, a big power company. We have casinos with thousands of employees. And some of those have already mandated uh, or, or have indicated they're going to mandate these vaccines. Well, I mean, um, that's, you know, we've already seen in the hospital, we've, we've had some hospitals uh, backtrack and say, you know, we're not going to mandate the vaccines. You know, our employees are basically, you know, have come forward. So we've changed our mind. Kind of like what UAB, University of Alabama in, in uh, Birmingham did. Some of our local hospitals have done that. And we're appreciative of that. Just like the hospital I work with. Uh, it's 22 hospitals in this state and, and uh, Tennessee and Arkansas and our hospital system came back and said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to um, acknowledge natural immunity. So, so we appreciate that, you know, so we're, uh, of course, we have to turn it in by tomorrow. We'll find out in the 1st of October whether we'll be exempt or not, but we, I, I believe we're going to be just because nothing else, our, our hospital can't afford to lose, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40% of their employees at this point. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, basically informed consent is what we want. We want to stop the mandates and, and, you know, just have our politicians to vote to say, listen, if you want the vaccine, fine. If you don't, fine. But you can, you can go to your primary care doctor, whether it be the, your personal doctor, physician, or, or nurse practitioner, and just talk with them. Let your, let your doctor or nurse practitioner tell you what the risks are based on your age, based on your uh, risk factors, your, you know, your medical history, what medications you take, and find out the, the full scope of things. And then if you want to take the vaccine, fine. If you don't, that's fine, too. You know, that, that's, that's where we stand. I mean, that's common sense. You know, it's called informed consent. It's, it's a patient-doctor uh, relationship. It's always been in existence. You know, that's how I've always practiced. I mean, I... Patients come to the ER, you know, if I have to, if they need to be admitted to the, to the hospital, I, I talk to them, you know, if they're, if they're in the right mind and they can make their own decisions, uh, you know, I, I give them, uh, this is what's wrong This you need to be in the hospital. I want to admit you. And if they say, you know what, doc, I'm good. You know, I, I'm, I want to take my chances. You know, I, you know, yeah, I know I might have a heart attack and die, but I'm going to go ahead and go home. And I'm like, fine, you can do that. You know, you, you, you're leaving against medical advice, but, you know, you're an adult. You can do that. And that's how these shots should be. You know, uh, mandating people to take these shots without giving them any risks associated with it and then giving them a choice is just, I mean, it's just, it's just not what we do in medicine. And so, um, and the other thing, too, about doing that, you know, if you get a shot down at, at Walmart or a, a pharmacist, you know, you, you can't, you're not going to track that patient. On, on any adverse events. If you go to your regular doctor or nurse practitioner and you get the shot, I mean, first of all, they're, you know, they're going to tell you the risk, okay, because they're, they're liable, not only legally, but morally and ethically. You know, you're, you're the provider. You know, Dr. Dobbs is a state employee, okay? He, he's not liable. He has what we call sovereign immunity. He, 
there, there's no liability there, okay? He can say whatever he wants to say to the public, but when push comes to shove, he, he's just like the pharmaceutical companies, just like the government at this point. This, this, uh, you know, this drug, this uh, shot is still experimental. It's under the experimental use authorization, regardless of what, you know, the media tells us about Pfizer and it's FDA approved. That's that's not, that, that medicine is not available here in the United States. So it, we're still under experimental use. And so... Um, could it be followed if, if they if they go to their primary care doctor or nurse practitioner get the shot they're going to follow them if they have adverse events you know they're going to come back and say well doc you know you know I'm, I'm having problems or this is happening you get it at a pharmacy they don't make a chart on you they don't know who you are you know you so that's another reason just you know common sense would say you know let, let, let's, be, uh, let's use some common sense here there's nothing more dystopian. Side note: There's nothing more dystopian than going into Walmart and next to uh, next to oil drum size servings of cheese puffs. There's a stand where you can get your experimental mRNA vaccine. Um, but you know, on, on the on the note of like informed consent, you know, should cigarettes have a certain general's warning? Yeah, I think so. Should alcohol? Yeah, I think so. Should I, as a 31 year old or 18 year old? Be able to go buy a, a six pack and get shit faced and and smoke a Marlboro Red because I want to look cool. Yeah, if I want to go drink a bunch of whiskey until I puke, I should be able to. I might even die, and if I don't die from acute alcohol toxicity, I might die from cirrhosis after fifty years. That is my right, you know. I like once a week. I like to go get. I get some Domino's. I get some cheesy bre- uh, breadsticks. Terrible. Nothing. Not a. Not an ounce of nutrition in them. But they're fantastic. I'm 31 years old. I know this ride ends one day, and it will end probably when I'm least expecting it. So once a week, I kick my feet up and I have some cheesy breadsticks because I'm allowed to do that. And that is this podcast. You know, I got in a medical school in Miami. I was like, ooh, you know, I got, I got my job security. I'm never not going to have a job. Everything's going well. And I decided to make this podcast, and it was eight years of what I can only describe as hell getting to this point. But I took that risk. I had informed consent, you know, from my dad. What the hell are you doing to here? But it's all it's just and if you want it after that, I don't even care if there's 15. I mean, not to make light of that, but I mean, the the VAERS offense could there could be a 50 percent lethality rate. And I still think you should be able to get the vaccine, just like I think you should be able to drink yourself to death if you want to. You're an adult. This is your life. That is the natural law. That is God's law. You you don't even have to be religious. You can be atheistic. This is your life. Saying all that rambling shit, one, I would love to have on the physician you mentioned who is not getting the vaccine. Two, because I was talking with a friend about this last night, and I need to make a note of the timestamp so I can send it to him. You mentioned the drug that it's we're still under emergency youth authorization. I had Dr. Keith Rose bring this up last week. McCullough brought it up two weeks ago. I can't seem to pin down an objective answer. You know, an objective answer is recreational cocaine is illegal. Found it out. Can I drive hammered? No. There are some objective answers. Can I take my clothes off in a Walmart? Absolutely not. You're looking at me now like, the hell are you talking about? I can't find an objective, clear-cut, this is what's the EUA, this is what's been approved, this is what's available, what is not. Is it Comirnaty, C-O-M-I, 
which one, because you mentioned it a couple minutes ago, what is approved in the U.S., what is still EUA, and what is not available in the U.S.? Can you can you explain that definitively for me? Probably not definitively. I mean, Cominati, the way I understand it, is not available in the United States and probably won't be until next year. Uh, that's through biotech, which I guess is some sort of, they have some affiliation with Pfizer of some sort uh, out of Germany. But, um, you know, but I don't know all the details, to be perfectly honest with you, but I just know that no one in the, in the United States is getting a FDA-approved vaccine this time. That's all I wanted to find out is I've, heard, I've had some people say it is approved in the U.S., but it's not available in the U.S., you know, a, a park bench in Moscow might be approved in the United States. That park bench is not in the United States. It's in Moscow. I cannot. And as you said, you don't know definitively. I can't find the answer to that. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's I cannot find what it is. Um, but so, you know, and I want to bring up this analogy and got nine more minutes is have you ever seen. I went on a cruise in Alaska in 2014. Have you ever seen an iceberg? Uh, I think it's called calving, where it breaks apart. You ever seen it? Maybe on TV, but but haven't been. My wife and I, we want to go up to Alaska on that on a cruise and do it. Do it. Those things haven't done it certainly yet. Well, first of all, you need to do it. It's incredible. All right, and you've obviously seen like a video of a forest fire, right? Okay. Well, this is how I look at it, and this is how I look at speaking out. Something like a forest fire or the, you know, the water level in a lake or a tide receding. Let's use a tide receding. A tide receding, you can see it after every successive wave. It comes up a little less. Your feet aren't getting wet, and it just and you see it happening in slow motion. It's not exponential, not that I know of. And it goes all the way out. And it comes up, but you see it coming from a mile away, and it's very clear what's happening and where it's going. An iceberg calving is just an iceberg for centuries, and there are a bunch of micro cracks and temperature changes and salinity and air currents. And then finally, and the iceberg might exist for 500 years, and then in the final three seconds, it cracks and it rumbles and the whole thing falls off and it's so far away and it's so huge. It hits the water and two seconds later you hear it and you go, oh my God, that was the size of a house. That is the monolithic facade of what I believe is going on right now with, with hiding the adverse effects, with censorship, with mandating, with suppressing doctors talking about it, with suppressing access and information to ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and now with the federal government taking control of the, the stockpile of monoclonal antibodies. What we're seeing is not a tide slowly going back and going, ah, oh, the vaccine narrative is falling apart. What I believe, in my humble opinion, is happening is it still looks like this giant iceberg. And it's like, I don't get it. We've been talking out about it. We've been talking out about human rights and the Nuremberg Code and coercion and, and adverse side effects and VAERS and blah, 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 blah. Nothing's happening. What I believe is what's happening is you're not seeing it. And when it does fall, it's all going to fall like that. And you might be wondering, but what's the purpose of this? We can't stop talking out. We can't stop defending our position. We can't stop saying, hey, 
I'm not trying to ban this stuff. If you want the vaccine, go get it. Go get 10. I don't care. You shouldn't be able to mandate this on people who are not comfortable with it, especially for something that doesn't stop you from getting it, doesn't stop you from spreading it. And people with natural immunity, which I had, had COVID, I had COVID in August 2020. You can't mandate that on something, on someone. You can't mandate anything, but even if it's saline, let alone something that might give you blood clots or Guillain-Barre or myocarditis or pericarditis or uh, an embolism or stroke or whatever. That is what I feel this is, is, and one day we'll look back and maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's not until 2030. One day we'll look back and go, oh, oh, that whole facade, there'll be papers, there'll be stories, there'll be documentaries on it. And what we'll know is behind the scenes, everything is falling apart, but they keep a strong facade. That's what every dictatorship has ever done. That's what Nazi Germany did. That's what the Soviet Union did. The Soviet Union, when the wall fell, the Soviet Union was falling for 20 years at that point. So an iceberg falling, aside from being really cool. That is what I feel it is, is it can't see it. You can't see it. You go, it's, it's, it's a monolith. We can't hurt it. But one day it's going to fall and it's going to be disgusting and insane, but it's going to fall. And then you're going to go, oh, it was death by a thousand cuts. So that is what I feel this is. And that's why I do these podcasts. That's why I have on physicians such as yourself, who I often have to give 110% have to give 110% to try to get to y'all's academic level, not sound like a complete moron as you guys are all in your white coats and I'm in here in slippers, but that's what I feel this is. And, you know, I don't, I don't have any regrets with what I'm doing. I'm, I'm arguing for people to have the right to choose what they want to put in their body. And to me, that's, that's a no, that's a no brainer. You're, you're, you're giving me a surprise. Oh, I, <laughs> great, I agree, Tommy. This, this is a. I appreciate you doing this. You know, this is a. Um, we do need to get the word out, and you're doing a great job doing that, because um, you know it is serious. You know, I, for a long time I tried to ask why. You know, why would why would Doctor Dobbs and his colleagues do this? I mean, some of these physicians I know. You know, I've known them for for years, and I know them to be um, decent people. So, you know, I ask, you know, why, why is this happening like this? And so at this point, I've just, I've just about forgot, quit asking why, you know, I really don't know. I mean, to me, it looks like we're in a battle between good and evil. I mean, it just looks that, that serious to me. You know, I, I mean, I'm a God fearing man. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I read the Bible. I, I look, we go down here in the, you know, the Bible belt where the buckle of the Bible belt here in Mississippi. And, um, you know, to me, it it just goes against uh, God's word. I mean, we, we have freedom. You know, God gives us freedom to choose. I mean, that's a God-given right. And so, so why people are, are pressing so hard to take away our freedom and basing it on something that they say it's for our own good, for our, for our own health, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, if you look at the numbers... I mean, even here in Mississippi, you know, across all age groups, it's still a 98% chance of survival if you even get the COVID, all right? So, I mean, it, you know, we just have to use common sense. And, and like I said, I, you know, 
I think you're right. I, I pray you're right. I think it's, I think these people are going to be exposed from all the way from Dr. Fauci all the way down to everyone who's, who's pushing this agenda. And uh, I do pray, I hope it's going to crumble quickly because, um, you know, the truth of the matter is, I mean, there's people taking the vaccines every day and, and they, they're under the impression that they're safe and, and, and they may not be. It doesn't appear to be 100%. I mean, it appears that people have died from these vaccines. And I'm like you, Tommy. I mean, I've got family members that have taken the vaccine. I've got two kids in medical school. They took the vaccine. I've got a mother that's 83 years old. She took the vaccine. And, and they appear to be doing okay from it at this point. But uh, but we just don't know the long, long-term effects. You know, these, these aren't typical vaccines, you know, as Dr. Peter McCullough and others and uh, have said, I mean, this is um, this is a gene therapy, you know, and we don't know how long it stays in the body. We don't know what it does. I mean, Dr. Jancy Chung Lindsay, she's uh, with American Frontline Doctor. She's a PhD scientist. She studied. She's a toxicologist. She's she studied vaccines, worked on vaccines for for years. I mean, she's very concerned that these um, these spike proteins. That, that are generated when we get these vaccines or when we get the shot, it, it, it affects the ovaries such that uh, these women are going to be infertile in the future. Okay. So, um, you know, she's going to be here with us on October 9th. We're going to have a, a, a rally here in Jackson, Mississippi, October 9th. We're going to have all of our local doctors here. Uh, hopefully we're, we're going to continue to grow. We, we may have as many as 20 or 30 willing to stand out in the open by, by a week and a half. But uh, we're going to go there. It's, it's right beside the governor's mansion. It's, it's a Smith Park, and uh, it's right behind the governor's mansion. And, and we hope to have hundreds, thousands there. And it, um, you know, I said a hundred, hundreds or thousands. You know, I don't know how many we'll have. You know, but uh, but you know, like I said, we've been doing this for just uh, over three weeks. You know, I started a, on a Telegram page. Where, you know, we have over a thousand people on that Telegram page from, and this is you know. These are people from around Mississippi. And we're hearing from these people, not just doctors. We're hearing from patients and citizens that are upset. Number one, they're upset that they have to be mandated to get these vaccines, okay? And, we're, and we've been trying to help those people figure out ways to either file a religious exemption or, or find a doctor that's willing to find to say they have natural immunity or, or whatever. But we don't... I'm hearing some of them are getting those exemptions. Others are waiting, like myself, you know, we... Uh, but and the other thing we're seeing is is people have that are having adverse events from these vaccines. Not just us doctors seeing it, and we are seeing it. We're talking amongst ourselves. And we're seeing the same things. We're seeing strokes, heart attacks, neurological problems, and and some even deaths. Even um, now, we can't say one hundred percent fact that those are directly related to the vaccines, but it, it would appear in our in our best judgment as, as practicing physicians that there, there's a, a, a correlation there. And so we're concerned. So, and we're seeing people all over Mississippi and other places that are reaching out to us with injuries. Okay. They're making videos. They're, you know, I mean, they're, so I, I'm like, I'm with you, Tommy. I don't, I, I think it's a matter of time. I, I do not believe that this can hold up much longer because there's too many people that are, that are speaking out that they're being injured from these vaccines. There's doctors seeing it on the ground, like myself. And so, I mean, the truth is going to come out. 
I mean, you, you cannot, I mean, you can hold it down for a certain period of time, but, but the truth has got to come out. And I, I'm, I'm believing like you, Tommy, I, I think it's going to be any day now. And so, yeah, appreciate you have, having me on and let me just talk a little bit. Yeah, man. It's, you're right. The truth is going to come out. It always does. It always does. It sometimes it takes a day. Sometimes it takes a couple decades. It always comes out. I mean, Hell, the Nazis took a lot of precautions. The Nazis changed the name from human in their human experiments to, like, large, large, I think men were cows, women were large goats, and they called babies pigs. They changed the names from that, knowing full well one day if it ever came out. They used the, uh, not the Einsatzgruppen, which were, like, no, the, the traveling death squads. There's another group. I think the Sonder Commandos. It was it was Jewish inmates in the concentration camps that helped the Nazis. They had, um, you know, they buried all the bodies, and once they started to think that the war was going to be lost, they dug them all up and they burned them all. And then they even invented uh, in, in the way only German technology can. They created machines specifically for uh, grinding bones to dust because they knew what they were doing was wrong. It and now we know all that. That used to be highly classified and now we know all of it it eventually comes out it always does it falls apart it's it just was it it might be misattributed was it elvis the truth is like the sun you can block it out for a while but eventually it comes through it does it's just it's what it is you can't stop it forever and it will only come out however it will only come out if we keep talking about it and fighting back, if we all sit around twiddling our thumbs going, it's going to come out eventually, I'm not going to do it, but it's going to come out. Well, then it's never going to come out. But the more people that talk about it, it's getting momentum. It's getting more. You have Joe Rogan, who's unvaccinated, talking about ivermectin. You have Nicki Minaj talking about how you can't question it. You have Tim Dillon, my favorite fat gay comedian, who's vaccinated, got covid and then went and got uh, ivermectin and got better in like 12 hours. You have these NBA players. These two test. They, they sent me yesterday during press conferences. They're incredible. And uh, it's it's just going to snowball. I mean, I believe Russia Today, the Russian-owned Russian state media, had two of their YouTube accounts permanently banned for talking about adverse reactions. You can't, you can't play whack-a-mole forever. It's going to come out. And, you know, it's it's going to come out. But it will only come out if we keep doing things, right? I mean, for evil to persist, all it takes for evil to persist is for good men to do nothing. And as you said earlier, you hope it sooner than later. You know, in my best JFK voice, it's, you know, pray not for easier lives, pray to be stronger men. And that's what it is, right? So let's let's... Let's pray to have better podcasts instead of hoping someone else will do it. We'll wrap this one up. I'll send you the link when it's up. And um, if you could, please put it in your Telegram group or wherever, wherever you said you had the most people. Because uh, because it's not on YouTube, i got to kind of do guerrilla warfare with uh, getting it out there. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I would love to talk to any of your other physician friends. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Talk thank to you, Tom. Time. Thank you, sir. God yeah. bless. The truth will come out. God bless America. And, uh, yeah, stay safe out there, everybody. Thank you very All much. Right. Take care. Recording stopped.